Thank you so much. It's great to be here, and absolutely, it was a delight when uh, I received the text um, asking if I would come and speak, and I thought, well, okay, I'll go back to North Carolina. That's great. Um, my parents live here. They pastor um, in Durham area, so um, it's always a great excuse to come to North Carolina. Um, um, for me, yes, I, um, I was actually born in Baltimore, um, and being a pastor's kid, I've lived all over the United States, um, but then um, I was 30, so I'm a bit old. Um, when I was 30, I moved to Ireland, um, and they did not have a youth department. I actually started by going over to start, um, remember the mission, or um, now they call it is it lead now that they call it? It used to be Mission um, Disciple, the Discipleship Program. And so I went to start that and um, ended up saying, we don't even have a Church of God youth department. And um, so I was lived over there. I've been working with them since 2008. So um, it's been a long time. So yes, I lived there, but I'm, I was born in Baltimore. So I have dual citizenship. <laughs> Ireland is my home, though. That's where I call home. But um, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, a little bit about who I am. Um, I was the typical pastor's kid. Um, I always say, um, if you've been in church for very long, you know there's two types of pastor's kids. Um, there's those that are really lovely and nice. And um, um, how are you? You know, they're pleasant to be around and they're good. Um, and then there were the bad ones, and I'm pretty sure that I wrote the book for bad, um, and I explained to everyone how it was really supposed to be done, um, and, and just, you know, I, I was proud of, you know, leading them down the wrong path. No, okay, I wasn't, <laughs> I'm not really proud of that, but um, uh, that's who I was, and um, I was very angry, I became very angry, very um, um, just mad about life and I hated church I hated God I hated everything and when I was 18 I moved out and said I'm never walking in you know church again I want nothing to do with it and then um, I went to University of Cincinnati and um, wherever I you know I played basketball so when I was running um, I passed the church you know I was hooked on drugs and drink and doing a lot of things I shouldn't have been doing, and um, but I would go running, and I'd pass Central Parkway Church of God, and I'd say, I didn't even know that church was there when I moved in this apartment, or I wouldn't have lived there, but um, I did, and so then um, I, I just was very much um, against everything to do with the church, but I would get so convicted every time I would run, so I tried to run the other way, and it just didn't work out. I had to go that way, and I was like, oh, this is not working out very good. And then um, my mom would call me every Sunday, are you going to church today? Are you going to church today? So I worked at University Hospital, and um, I would say, would you please schedule me every Sunday for the 16-hour shift? Um, and so they did, and then the nurses that I worked for um, or worked with, um, they were Christian. Dana, you know, you really should give your life back to God. And I'm like, I can't get away from this. I can't get away from from um, God. I can't, 
And um, one weekend after just a crazy, stupid weekend, um, I woke up on a Monday morning and I said, I'm sick of this. Because for years and years and years, I said, God, when I can stop drinking, then, uh, okay, fine, I'll do what you want me to do. Because I knew at 13 I was called to be a missionary. And um, I think that's why I began to run <laughs> so hard. Um, and so I said, if I could stop drinking. But this day, this Monday, I said, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of running. And I walked in and I told the pastor, Pastor Ron, um, I'm, I'm done. I'm done running. And so I gave my life back to God. And uh, I always say that's when I really got saved. That was when my transformation happened. That's when um, my life changed. And um, it, I never looked back. Um, oh, three weeks later, I found out I was pregnant. Um, the guy I was dating at the time, we had decided that we were on two different paths because he wanted nothing to do with church or God. Oddly enough, we met in church. Um, but, you know, we were both running. And uh, he signed over rights as soon as Kayla was born. And I went my way and he went his. And um, that's how we went. That's how my, our journey began with Kayla and I. And, and so through this story, through this journey, we all end up in our situations and in different ways, in different manners. I have friends that maybe their spouse died and they were like, I didn't know how hard it would be to raise my, my kids um, as a single parent. Um, sometimes we, we choose the path that we're going down and sometimes we don't. Um, for myself, I, I decided when I looked at my daughter, I would not um, bring guys in the house. I don't want to go through the dating process because I was just, I wanted to protect this bundle of joy. And um, not that every person was bad, but I had been hurt. And so I, that's the choice I made. Um, and now she's 19 and um, telling me, Mom, you need to get out there and date. Who are you to tell me? They think they become our parents. Who has little kids here? Little, like how old? Like 10? Nine? Yeah. Yeah, wait, wait. When they're about 17, 18, they start telling you what, it, what to do. I, I waited till I was at least 30 to tell my mom what to do. You know, <laughs> mine started at 19 and um, or eight, it was 17, actually. Yeah. Mom, you need to start dating. And I found out last year. OK, this is you're going to think this is funny. Maybe you won't. This generation, this young generation. Um, and a lot of you are probably in that generation. But I'm I'm 46, so I'm not in that generation. Well, maybe some people are, but I am not. Anyway, they're on these dating sites and you hear these sites all the time. I, you know, swipe left, swipe right. I'm swiping it not at all, you know. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to swipe. I, you know, I'm not interested in swiping anyway, you know. Um, I just say, God, when it's time, you'll send the right person. That's, you know, I don't want to swipe God. Just, just send them my way, you know. And But I found out through a conversation because I was talking to some friends, and my daughter took it upon herself to help me. 
And we had just gotten some pictures taken, you know, because for the websites and things like that, and um, when we, we were getting single-handed together. And, um, and she decided that she was going to take one of those pictures and start a tender or one of, I'm, I, apparently I'm on two sites or so. And I said, well, what did you write in these? And she was like, oh, I can't remember now. And I was like, well, how long ago was this? <laughs> you know, how long have I been out there? You know, and who's swiping for me? You know, who's, have I had any hits? <laughs> you know, is there anybody interested? You know, and um, she said, oh, I don't know. I can't remember the password. So, so somewhere I'm out there. So if you're on those sites, I am not, but my face might be. <laughs> Just letting you know. I told her to delete them. Actually, through the conversation we were having with my friends, I was like, I'm on what? Which one? What? You know, I was kind of shocked. I can't get off of it now. Anyway, I'm there. <laughs> so, there you have it. Um, God is good, though, and he's got everything in control. We laugh, and there's times where it's hard. You know, I can laugh now. I can say I've got a 19-year-old, and she's lovely. God knows when he gives you the children that he gives you what you can handle and what you cannot handle. Because I'm a tomboy, and um, or I was, you know, growing up, I was very much into sports. I played soccer, basketball. I wasn't tomboy where play in the dirt and get dirty kind of tomboy, but I, I hung out with all the lads or the guys, and, we played football and we played soccer and I rode bikes and I jumped ramps and, you know, all the extreme sports stuff. Oh, I'm an adrenaline junkie. All right. I love it. But I wasn't like, give me worms and spiders. And no. But my daughter, when I found out I was pregnant, I said, Lord, now this was quite a shocker anyway. But could you at least give me a boy? Could we could we work? Because I know what to do with a boy. I know about WWF. I know about skateboarding and football. And well, I don't know about doing your nails and makeup and hair. And I'm not into all of that, God. I, I, hung with, I hung out with the boys, so I don't really know. So give me a boy, Lord. And then we went in, and my parents were so supportive of me. And it's great when you have a strong support as a single parent. And um, my mom dressed up in pink. And my dad dressed up in blue when I went to find out the sex. I went in black because I didn't care. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then she said, it's a girl. And I said, Lord, no. No, I don't know what to do with a girl. But I got a girl. And then now I see my sister. She has three boys. And I said, thank you, Lord, I had a girl. <laughs> thank you, because I couldn't have handled a boy. But I, God knows, and um, God, you know, I, I always said Kayla was my blessing. There were times where, you know, I, I went through this nine months, and I said, okay, God, as soon as I found I was pregnant, drink went down the sink, everything was gone. And I said, right, I've got nine months to clean up. And, um, and But then the closer it got to that time for her to come, I said, okay, well, I'll breastfeed as well. And I can say that because there's no lads, right? Um, hopefully, if so, he's ducked down, hopefully, and he's, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Okay. Is this being recorded? <laughs> Is it being recorded? Oh, gosh. Okay, so anyway, anyway, so we're women here. Jesus. Um, and I said, okay, so I'll do that, so then I don't have to worry a little bit longer. But then what happens? What happens after that? Well, I drink again. But I took that nine months, and I really just got dove into the Word of God and, and really got into, you know, building my relationship with God because I knew that there was no way forward without God. And so once that nine months came and Kayla came, I never looked back. I didn't, it didn't, it wasn't a worry by that time. And I knew I had strength that I didn't think I had. And as the years have gone on, uh, there were times where I was struggling and it was hard where I was thinking, how will this ever happen? How, how can I, I can't even cook, Lord. Honestly, I can't even boil an egg. I, I did three times and they, they explode every time. I, I can cook seven meals now, don't worry. Um, one for every day. But anyway, so this is my journey. This is my story. And all of you out here, you have your story and your journey. And, and there's times you can tell a story now and laugh about it now. But while you're going through that moment, you're not laughing, but you're crying. Or you're, you're feeling lonely. You're feeling deserted. And you're feeling like you're hopeless. And there's no way. And you're feeling so weary and weak, especially when they're young. I remember when Kayla was, was real young. And I thought, oh, Lord, how will I do this? And then Kayla was only... Um, she was three at the time I went to Ireland for the first time and I was in Ireland and um, God said, this is where I want you to be. And I said, I'm sorry, can somebody get God a psychiatrist? He has just fallen off this rocker. He is just, I don't know what's going up. Um, Jesus, please, you're on the right side of him. <laughs> Make sure he's all right. You know, check his pulse or whatever, because something has just gone wrong. God's calling me to Ireland. I'm a single mom. I can't do ministry. I can't do this. My mom and dad are, my mom took off work for two years to make sure I didn't have to send Kayla to daycare. You know, I had a great support system. I, that's my story. Not everybody has that. I did, though. And I didn't want to leave that because once I draw, I go to another country, not even drive, fly to a whole other country, I'm on my own and I don't know anyone. How can I be in ministry? And some of you, God may be speaking to you to do something in ministry. And you say, there's no way I'm a single parent. And I can tell you now, through God, all things are possible. And single-handed was developed because, and that's an organization that I've started because, um, it's for every single parent, every single family that may be experiencing life differently. And all of you may be experiencing life differently, but it's your own circumstance. There are many reasons why you may find yourself in the situation that you're in. It could have been drugs. It could have been um, death. It could have just been the wrong place at the wrong time. It could have just been, for whatever reason, you're there. Single-handed is we aim to empower, to inspire, and to encourage a positive, healthy, and whole mindset for both the parent and the child. It's important for you as well to be in a good mindset. 
That's what single-handed is all about. In Matthew 19, 26, and I'm not going to keep you long today. I just want to give you a few tips. How long do I have? Am I already over time? Okay. Matthew 19, 26, and it says, But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And I just want to encourage you today that with God all things are possible. With God, even through those hard times, God, with God all things are possible. I always say, if God can get me off drinking drugs, then God can do anything for anyone. If God can get me back into the doors of a church, then God can do anything. And then I look at my daughter and I think, <laughs> well, she's healthy, so I didn't starve her to death. God can do anything. You know, sometimes we're a mess on our own. And I remember times when she was, she was three, four when we moved to Ireland. And she would um, would, would go over, and you know, she knows JFK better than I do. Um, but she would say, are we going there? Because I want to go to the Wendy's and get a Frosty. And she knew what terminal to go to. And then it became, are we going to JFK because I need to go to Pandora? That's a lot different than the Wendy's. It's even in a different terminal. And then she'd say, well, where are we having our layover at today, Mom? Where are we going? You know, where are we going to? What, what airport are we going to? Is it JFK? She loved JFK. Are we going to JFK? No, we're, we have to go through Atlanta. Oh, I just hate that one. I hate that one. It's so far. It's so big. We have to run. A lot of times we end up running in Atlanta. But um, then she started, um, Mom, do you think we can have a long layover here so we can go out into the city and see it. This is kids. They're demanding. And we did. So I, I, I didn't have money coming out, you know, out my pockets. And it was only one income. Oftentimes I found myself saying I have to get a second job to make sure because I always said to her, I don't want to say no to you, not because you shouldn't be told no sometimes, but because I don't want my mistake to become your problem. And so I lived guilty a lot of times when she was young. And, um, and so I, I would work a second job sometimes just to make sure she wanted to do dance. And that's how we ended up back in the States because she got an offer with Carolina Ballet. And um, she studied ballet in Russia. She's traveled all over. She's been all over the world. And I tell her, you're the only single parent. I mean, the only single, the kid from a single parent that has traveled the world. I mean, not many have done that. But we would do things like layovers and say, Leah, let's go to Boston. And I'll make it a long one. Because they were talking about it in school in Ireland. Yeah, we'll make a long, long one. And then we got on the hop-on, hop-off bus. And we saw all of Boston. And she was like, okay, that was just another city. I was like, okay. <laughs> You know, or, you know, we, you know, places in Europe. Oh, I haven't been to Amsterdam. Can we do a long layover there? Um, sure. But that's how I had to make it work to be able to let her see things and do things. But I made it a priority. But it wasn't always just, I make it sound easy now. But it's, it's not always that easy. 
And so today I want to talk to you about the six necessities of being a single parent. Six things that I have learned through my years that were, were necessities um, through, through experiences. Um, and I hope that they can be helpful for you today. Um, number one is communication. If you don't communicate, it's silent. If I just stood up here and I said nothing, and you looked at me and I looked at you, then you wouldn't have gotten anything out of today, right? It would have been a waste of my time. It would have been a waste of your time. We would just stand it. That, that gives you nothing, right? You have to learn to communicate. But see, as parents, sometimes we do a lot of communicating, but we're not doing the listening. And communication means that you also have to listen. And that was a hard one for me sometimes because, um, you know, you I have this five-year-old telling me how to spell color, and I'm like, I, I have a degree. Color doesn't have a U in it, Kayla. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. <laughs> I was wrong. It does <laughs> in Ireland. I had to get an Irish dictionary, you know, because I learned very quickly color does have a U in it when you're in the UK or in Europe, you know. And we had a, a, we had a fight. I was mad. You're not going to tell me. <laughs> and I had to quickly learn to be able to say, hey, you know what, I was wrong, I'm so sorry. And for parents, it's so hard for us sometimes to say sorry to that five-year-old. I'm not going to say sorry to her. I'm the boss, <laughs> so I think. I'm supposed to be the boss anyway, right? I'm not going to say sorry to her. But I had to learn through, through time. I learned that I was going to say sorry even when I didn't feel that I needed to say sorry because I wanted to be that example for her. And so as parents, we, we have to be that living example. We want to be able to tell our kids, now, you shouldn't bully them. or We tell them oftentimes, how many times have your kids gotten into an argument or to a fight, and you say, now, you better go say sorry to them. Or they fight with their siblings or you know, their friends or whatever, and we make them sit down and we make them say sorry. But then when we're wrong, we say, do as I say, not what I do. And I'm here to encourage you to stop that. Because when you're wrong, you're wrong. And it doesn't matter if it's to a, a five-year-old or if it's to a 35-year-old. If you're wrong, you're wrong. Own up to it. Because I can tell you, your words are going to mean less when your example doesn't fit the wording. And you see, Christ was always an example for us. He didn't tell the disciples, go wash the feet. He washed the feet and said, this is how you do it. He didn't say, go up on the mountain and pray and get, get away and spend time with God. He went up to the mountain and he prayed and he spent time with God. He didn't say you have to sacrifice, and then he lived a, a royal life. He sacrificed and was the ultimate sacrifice for us. 
And so it's by our example that we will show our kids a much greater life than if we just demand that they do this, this, and this. Learn to communicate. Learn to say, hey, I'm sorry. I, I was wrong. Take time to listen to what they're saying. Oftentimes we don't listen. How many of us, and be honest with yourself. You don't have to be honest with me. Be honest with yourself at least. God knows anyway. But somebody's talking to you, especially if it's heated. Imagine an argument. And they're, you're talking back and forth. Before they even get the sentence out of their mouth, you're already thinking about your response and how you're coming back at them. We've all been there. We've all done that. Before they even stop, you're already coming back. And sometimes and oftentimes, the sentence isn't even finished and we're already starting ours. And so we have to stop and say, you know what, let me listen to what you're saying. And this just this goes in life in general and communicating. And, and, and most people do not communicate. Most people do not listen. And that's why a lot of fights aren't resolved because they're not actually listening to one another. And so sometimes you have to stop and you have to listen. One time it was so hard for me to listen because I looked at my daughter's eyes and I saw a hatred come. She was about 10 and I could see this look of uh, about church and about, you know, because I would drag her. Come on, we got a prayer service. Come on, we got youth service. Come on, we got. I mean, I think we were going somewhere every and because I'm the youth director, I was going to different churches almost every night. Well, to a, a six, seven, eight year old. And then we had dance on top of that. So in between meetings or in between church, we had dance and school. And so we were constantly I was cooking what I could cook, you know, the seven meals, uh, you know, they were being cooked and put in a plastic thing. And then in the car, I would pick her up from school and say, here's your dinner. And we were eating dinner. I was driving down the road eating while she was eating because our it was just duh, duh, duh. but then she got about 10 and um I saw this look because one time I said come on we got to go to a Romanian church or something like that and and she just kind of gave me this look I said wait a minute I know that look I know that look and then I found out she had started um self-harming she'd start cutting I've I've been in youth ministry for years and years how did I not see this? The school was calling me. Parents were calling me. I broke down a little bit because I thought, how could my own child be? Why is she doing? We have such a great relationship. We had a great relationship. Here, Kayla, here's your food. Let's eat dinner, <laughs> you know, on the road. Or, you know, we were not stopping. We weren't, you know, I didn't actually stop to listen to her. I didn't stop to, to talk to her. We were just constantly on the go. And so one day I, I just felt prompted. The Holy Spirit told me, go into Kayla's room and pray. And, and I'm the type of mom, I'm not great at discipline. I, she would say, I would say no, and she'd say why. And I'd say, <laughs> no just sounded like the right answer. <laughs> so she got to do it because <laughs> I couldn't figure out why. I said no. So I'm not great at discipline. Still now, I'm not even good at discipline at all. Kayla, how's your grades in college? Great. Okay. 
um, I'm, I'm still not good at discipline. They better be or else, <laughs> or else what? <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll think of something. Um, <laughs> not like you're going to say you can't go back to college. <laughs> um, anyway, so I'm not great at it. And so um, the Holy Spirit told me, go in and, and pray. And I did. And as I began to do it, and I'm not a snoopy kind of person, but I started snooping around a little bit. And uh, under her pillow was a suicide letter. She had had a plan. She had everything. She had all the, even all the stuff right there under her pillows. And that broke me. Because I thought, my child, my child doesn't even know what she's thinking or talking about or planning. Like, this is it. Like, this is, I mean, she's like, she was like 11. And so straight away, we went to counseling. Straight away, you know, I got her in Ireland. It's called Pieta House. And we, we went there. And the hardest thing was for me to sit and hear the part where, why she was upset with me. It was the minor bit. There were other bigger things, you know. But the minor bit, why she was upset with me, it was hard for me to have to listen to that counselor tell me that. And me and Kayla had to make some plans of how we were going to make this different, how we were going to change it. And so I had to listen to her for a second. And so we, we begin to put things in place. So I begin to say, I don't have a lot of money, but she is worth everything to me. Your kids are worth everything. And so I said, God, I don't know how this is going to happen, but once a month I want to be able to take her away somewhere. So living in Ireland, to get a flight to somewhere in Europe is like, you know, driving to South Carolina or something like that. It's not, it's not a big deal. And so I would just say we would pick another place. Let's go here. Let's go to Brussels. Okay. And we would take the weekend, and we had a no-phone rule where we talked, we listened, we hung out. We spent time together. When I would be on the phone and I would get a minute, hey, I need to talk to you. Well, let's make an appointment because I've got Kayla with me and, and she's the priority. I let her know that she was the priority. It's important to let your kids know that they are the priority. Recently, and getting a little transparent, I'm dating someone and, and, and she was upset. Mom, we've never had a man around. And I'm a bit worried. Even though she's in college having a good time, she's not even there that often. How did she even notice that there was a man around? I don't know because she's not there that much anymore either. But um, she began to cry. She was a bit afraid that my attention was not going to be on her. She has to know that she's the priority. And your kids have to know that they're the priority. And that comes by communicating with them. I know I'm running out of time, so I'll hurry. Oh, do you? Oh. All right. Okay. Well, great. Okay. <laughs> Happy days. <laughs> Just told me I have another half hour. God, love you. Live and teach by example. That's part of communicating. But number two in the six necessities is relationship. You see, our relationship had a lack of communication in it. 
And so we had to fix that. And, and so as I began to say, listen, I don't have a lot of funds, but hey, we're going to, you want to go here for the weekend? Let's go here. Hey, you want to do this? And it didn't always have to be get on an airplane and go to a different country and get a hotel and stuff. Um, it, it was sometimes it was let's just go to the zoo. But no phones for the day. Now in the evening, we each got a half hour because I had emails I had to you know reply to, and she had um, Snapchat streaks. Is that what they were called? She tried to get me on Snapchat once. <laughs> it was a disaster. Um, anyway, just stay away from it if you're not on it. It's it, it's it's of the devil. Um, Snapchat. <laughs> thank God there's not streaks anymore. But um, anyway, but it was important to her, and I knew it was important to her. And so, because relationship is important, you see, relate all. There's all kinds of relationships that are important. And so, um, the first one is. What is your relationship with your child, your children? What kind of relationship do you have with them? Really think about what kind of relationship you have. Do you, do you know what their favorite color is? Do you know? And as moms, a lot of times we do. But there, you'd be surprised, guys. And there are some moms that just don't have a clue. What size do your kids wear? Mine's easy because she's a ballerina, so it's always small. But lately, she's been saying, oh, get me a large. I want it to be oversized. And I was like, Kayla, I wear a large. <laughs> like, how is that? Like, you're this rail. <laughs> how is that even? And so now she even takes my clothes. And I'm like, I'm much, I stay big. So you, do, you can't take my clothes. And now you still take my clothes. <laughs> Thank God my feet are a little bit smaller than hers. I, I get to take her shoes. The second one is friends. What kind of friends do you have? And what kind of friends do your kids have? And this is so important because friends are so, a social life is so important, especially to your children. They are very much to us as well. And I'm going to encourage you, take time to hang out with your friends. You're okay. Don't feel guilty about it. Go take time. But also make sure that you take time to build that relationship with your kids. That's why once a month, we this weekend is Kayla's weekend. And we that's why I would go away a lot of times because then I'm away from anything and everything that could maybe distract me and anything that could distract her. She couldn't get to her friends because we were away. That was our weekend. But there are times where you have to give them that space to hang out with their friends and learn to trust them. When you communicate, you have to trust what they're saying. So we always had a rule. Until um, I find out different, I'm going to trust what you say. People say, oh, Dana, don't be so naive. I'm not being naive. Remember, I'm already way ahead of her because I wrote the book of that. And plus, Kayla is so good. She's a good kid. And she, her face would turn, her neck would turn red when she lied. So, so I told her she was an awful liar. One time she lied and I said, where I have failed you. You can't even lie to me. <laughs> so you may as well tell me the truth. So that's, that's our relationship. But friendships are so important. 
especially as they get older. You, a lot of you said you have younger kids. As they get older, give them that space to hang out with their friends and trust that God is protecting them. How much do you trust God? And that's where my test came in because if I didn't like one of her friends, there's a friend now I don't like that she's hanging out with, so I'm praying her out. I trust God way more than I trust any of them. <laughs> and so I don't make a big fuss about it. I may say, you know, there's some rules to the house, you know, when you come home on the weekends or whatever. Gabby has a very, there's a lot of boundaries there <laughs> that I have to put in place. There's been friends that have come and friends that have gone. And there's been times where I, I would say the Holy Spirit would quicken me and I'd say, hey, Kayla, just, just mind this. Just watch out for this. I wouldn't tell her she couldn't hang out with them anymore. I would just say, watch out for this. And every time she said, Mom, how did you know? Because I'm friends with the <laughs> God. <laughs> it's good to have a relationship with God and be friends with him, right? And I would say, I'm friends with God. That's how. And then there has been boys as she's gotten older that come and go. <laughs> because they come. And I'm like, oh, no. No, no. Thank you, Lord, for removing him now. And next thing I know, oh, we broke up. <laughs> Praise you, Jesus. <laughs> you know, trust God more than you trust everybody. The fighting is pick your battles. Pick your battles because you're only stressing yourself out when all you do is fight, 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 fight because you're so worried about everything else. Put it in God's hands and watch. And you might have to wait a bit. My parents had to wait, well, about 10 years. I was stubborn as an ox. No, there was no moving me. <laughs> but God has it under control. Boyfriends and girlfriends, well, the girlfriend part is for the boys. But who are you dating? You're single. You're a single mom. Maybe by now you're married. I don't know. But if you're single, for me, I said it earlier, but for me, I chose when I held my baby for the first time, I said, I, see, I worked in a St. Louis Children's Hospital. I worked in a trauma center, and I, I would see you know, so many things that would happen. And so when I held my daughter for the first time, I said, I, I never want her hurt. So I, I won't. And I was very curious. I went on a few dates here and there, whatever, but I would never. And if they mentioned my daughter, because I was a preacher and they would see that this one, this one guy, all he did was talk about her. And I, I was like, and he's like, you mention her again. I won't be a preacher anymore. You know, <laughs> I didn't want them talking about her. I didn't want her involved. I didn't want, you know, they weren't allowed at the house. I didn't bring guys into the house. I was so, but that was me. That was my choice because I wanted to be careful. And even the, the person that I'm dating right now, it was a long time before I allowed him near Kayla. He knew her because the, the way we met was at her basketball game while she was dancing. But I still wouldn't let her near her for a while. So I got to know him before I got to know who you are and where is this going. And that was me being protective of her. But it's so important for you to be careful because I've seen so many moms or dads 
and guys and girls are in and out of the house all the time. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what they're bringing in. You don't know what they're taking out. You, you, they're just they're coming and going. There was this one girl I knew. She had she within a matter of a year. There must have been three or four boyfriends. And I thought, Lord, number one, <laughs> that's a lot of boyfriends in one year. But number two, why you got them all around your house and in your kids' lives, and and that hurts the kids. So my advice to you is pray. Seek God about it first. What's God say about that person that you have around your kids? That person that you're exposing them to. What kind of example are they being to your children? They're your children. And yes, you have needs and you have desires and you, you don't want to be lonely. And, you, you know, there's this fear a lot of times that you can't do it on your own. I know. But my child is much more important. Much more important. And so you have to consider that. And then their friends and their boyfriends, or for my daughter's sake, the boyfriend she brings in, well, sometimes they're gone as fast as they come because I've prayed them out. Um, but I want to meet them. What? You know, I've threatened boys. One boy kissed her. Right in the house while I was sitting in the other room and I walked out and I said, did you, did I just, did I just hear you kiss in the party? The thir She had a 13th year, you know, she was 13, the party, all the friends. And I said, did I just hear something I should not have been hearing? Oh, Miss Holloman. I said, oh yeah, I'm the mother and the father in this house. He didn't come in the house for a long time. I think maybe one time years later. Never touched my daughter again. <laughs> Teach boundaries. Teach your kids boundaries. A lot of the times you have to learn the boundaries first yourself. And there's a great book. It's called Boundaries. I recommend it. Boundaries. It's really, that's what it's called. By Township. Uh, Town, Townsend. Townsend is his surname. Um, but it's a great book. Boundaries. And it will teach you boundaries. And I read that book, and I think I must have read it two or three times for myself. And then now they have boundaries for kids. Boundaries for relationships. Boundaries for marriage. Boundaries for teenagers. Boundaries for anything and everything. But they have all the different books. Amazon, Boundaries. It's a great book. Get it. Learn how to put boundaries in your house. The thing of it is, guys, who here has, um, do you live in a house or an apartment? Do you have a house? House, okay. So if I come over later and I just bring a bag of rubbish and dump it in the back garden, are you going to enjoy that? Are you going to get mad at me? So emotionally, why do you let people just dump their garbage on you? And so you have to learn how to put boundaries into, into place with family, with um, friends, with relationships. And those boundaries are so imperative because you don't want all that trash dumped into your garden. You don't want it dumped into your heart. You don't want it dumped into your mind and into your emotions. 
And so it's important that you put the boundaries in because if you don't have boundaries, how are you teaching your kids to have boundaries? And the thing of it is, is you see this on a daily basis with kids is they get so bogged down because they can't handle their own emotions. So they're going to their friends and talking about all their their stuff. And so they're just dumping and dumping and dumping and dumping. I've seen it with my daughter several times and we had to go back and and revisit boundaries because emotionally you're not able to handle it. So you got to protect your kids, teach them how to have those boundaries, boundaries for kids. I recommend it. You said you have young kids, boundaries for kids. They even have it in audible. So you don't have to read it. You say, I don't like to sit and read. That's okay. You can listen. Listen to it while you're in the car. It will change your life. It will change your kids' lives. Because if they learn boundaries, they're learning when they can't handle what their friends are trying to dump into their back garden. And the heaviness that they're carrying, and there is a lot of stuff out there right now that they are carrying. And if they don't have to carry it, And they haven't quite grasped where Jesus says, put it at my feet. (laughs) Some of us haven't grasped that yet. Put it at my feet. You know, Jesus is saying, here, I'll take, give it to me. I'll take it. I'll, I'll take your weariness. And a lot of us, we still try to carry it. I would say there's quite a few of you that have come in and you're bogged down, you're tired, you're weary. And there's probably times with at least one or two of you where you're crying yourself to sleep saying, I don't know how I can do tomorrow. I don't know if I can do this anymore. What are you going to do? Your kids are going to be there tomorrow. There was plenty of times where I said, God, why am I in Ireland? Why am I by myself here? Why am I? Why? Why did I decide not to to date? Seriously, you know, why did I do this? God, God, why? 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 There's plenty of times where I cried myself to sleep. So I understand. But that's where we have to be able to say, God, I can't handle this. It's yours. And give it to him. And teach your kids to do the same. And that's where boundaries are so, so important. Spending time with your kids. I think one thing, one pet peeve is we're so busy. I hate that word busy. Busy doing what? Busy being busy. I'm too busy. I'm so busy. And as single parents, you're probably busy a lot of times working two jobs or I'm so busy. And when you come home, you want to crash and you're like, oh, I don't have any energy to do it anymore. And that's where we really have to go back to relationships and rely on God. God, I don't have the money for this bill, but I can't do overtime because my child needs me. I can't send them to daycare one more day. My child needs me. You say, over time, we'll give you a little bit of extra to give to taxes. Um, 
I'm not quite sure. I remember doing a lot of overtime and thinking, well, I don't have much more than what it started before all the overtime. But, you know, I got a lot back for taxes, but, <laughs> you know, you know, it just wasn't worth it at the time. And so I had to say, God, I'm done with this. I'm done with, with the struggle. I'm done with, with you're just going to have to supply the need. You want me to trust you? I dare. I dare to trust. And so I, I challenge you today to dare to trust. Don't work yourself to death. Trust God. He will supply all of your needs. He will take care of you. He'll give you strength for the next day. When you're falling asleep crying, give it to God. I don't have it. There has been plenty of times where I say, God, I don't even know what to say to you right now. I'm too tired to think about it. Here you go. Tomorrow's a new day. And I wake up, get my coffee. Because before coffee, life seemed the same as the day before. But after my coffee, it seemed to all get better. You know, it seemed to get brighter. Spend time with your kids. Quality time. Quality is much better than quantity. I learned that it was better for me to take that one week in a month and promise her that that entire weekend was hers than try to do so much a day because we would dis we would get disappointed because she would have ballet or I have a meeting or we were trying to juggle so much that it was it was kind of crazy but it was better that if I spent that time or I said okay we have to stop this dinner on the road we're going to start doing this you know, and we would we put some things in place where um, quality was much better than the quantity. So don't stress so much over how much you do, as the importance of when you do it, make it count. When you do it, make it count. It doesn't mean you have to spend loads of money. It means that you have to make it count. When you spend time with God, God doesn't care that you sit and read two chapters in the Bible versus a verse. He just says, spend time with me. Just give me a moment before you get on Facebook in the morning or Instagram or, or Twitter or Snapchat or Tinder. <laughs> I still haven't figured that one out. <laughs> So before you swipe anywhere, <laughs> swipe on the Bible, <laughs> you know, you know, swipe up, you know, the verse, you know, Bible gateway, you just swipe up, you know, you want to do a bit of swiping at the beginning when you first wait, you know, like when you wait, your eyes open, you're like, I need to swipe, swipe up, you know, <laughs> and then you can swipe left or right, you know, whatever. <laughs> You swipe up, you might get the left or right better, you know, better. You know, just, just give it to God. And, and remember, quality is much better. I mean, the, quanti the quality is better than the quantity. It will outweigh it every single time. Learn not to overcompensate. How many here have ever felt guilty? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'm pretty sure my first few years... I lived in guilt because my decisions really, you know, Kayla's dad wasn't there. I felt guilty. Why? Well, it wasn't even my decision. It was his. 
and I was carrying his guilt. Well, oh, I should have done it this way. I should have done it that way. Oh, I'm a single mom, so I, I got to tell her she wanted a pair of Nikes. Oh, okay, yeah. Can we get these Nikes instead of, you know, the $150 ones? Can we get the ones that are 90 <laughs> You know, <laughs> just that little bit cheaper, <laughs> you know, makes it a little bit easier, <laughs> you know. <laughs> can we save those 150 ones for Christmas? And we can call my mama Poppy. <laughs> you, know, you know, that's the kind of things we did. Hey, Kayla, make a list for my mom and Poppy. <laughs> you know, Santa, you know, you know, just make sure to make that list. We'll send it to my mom and Poppy soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we relied on my mom and Poppy for good Christmas gifts. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh, God love them. We did always FaceTime them until we started coming back every Christmas. At first, we weren't able to, so we'd always FaceTime them. And I'd say, before we go into the sitting room to see what Santa has brought us, we've got to FaceTime Mama and Poppy because I knew they had bought most of the stuff. They need to at least be able to see it. You know, the excitement, you know, that's that's life, though. And, we can, you know, we have to learn not to feel guilty. And and trust me, it took me a long time not to feel guilty for everything. And that's probably why I was no good at discipline, because I felt guilty. That's kind of how I felt at the beginning. Now I'm just no good at discipline. Um but at the beginning, I wouldn't tell her no for anything. And then I'd say, but I don't want you to be a spoiled brat. But we have a problem because I never told her no. <laughs> then I start telling her no, and I couldn't figure out why. So before I told her no, before I would, I started, I, I would start saying, let me think about it. Because then I had to go figure out why I had to say no. <laughs> I'm going to tell her no. I already knew I was going to tell her no, but I had to have a reason because you know, she was, you know, I was raising her, so she was strong, and she was open about her talk and what she said, because that's what I was teaching her, you know, be, stand up for yourself, be strong, except for when it comes to me, just be quiet, <laughs> I didn't say that ever, no, learn not to overcompensate, don't feel guilty, don't feel guilty for your situation, but embrace it, Embrace where you're at and thank God that you're not where you were. And thank God for where he's going to take you. Because he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In Matthew, it says that with God, all things are possible. With man, with me, what I did, when I tried to do it in my own power, I would, all, you know how many times I found myself saying, God, I've got myself in a mess. Can you please help me get out of this? <laughs> God, can you take the driver's seat again? And he was always there to take it. So with, with me, when, with my own strength, with my own abilities, I'm not able to fulfill what needed to be fulfilled in her life. But with God, all things are possible. I'm where I'm at today because of the grace of God, of yesterday, today, and forever. And so rely on God you know, spend time with God and don't feel guilty for where you're at. Don't feel guilty when you have to tell your kids no, that you can't afford this or you can't afford that or no, we're not going to. Sometimes it's probably best not to get it for them anyway. 
Because trust me, one time, one time, I spent the money on the expensive shoes while we were in America. I was raising funds, and I said, okay, I'll, I'm gonna, I'll get you these shoes for school. By the time we got back to Ireland from our American trip, and we were here for about eight weeks or so, raising funds and stuff. By the time we got back and she started school, the shoes were too small. Her foot had already grown that big. <laughs> and I was like, how did it grow that big already? I just spent this money on these shoes. I never did that again. We waited till school started, and then we went and bought the shoes. <laughs> and we never spent that kind of money on those shoes again. Learn not to feel guilty. And don't feel guilty when you take time for you. And that was hard for me. My friends would often see, see it before I would see it. Um, my one friend in Ireland, she would say, Dana, let's get away for the weekend. Kayla's got ballet, and Kayla's got this, and Kayla's got that. And, oh, I've, got, I've got these meetings, and you know, I've got to meet. And I would try to, while Kayla was in ballet, I would try to arrange the meetings then. We're all in Dublin and trying to juggle it all to where when she was there, I could be there and you know, make sure I was at all her dances and be, you know, I was trying to be superwoman pretty much. I, a, a little bit of flash, if I could be a superhero, I wanted to be flash. But um, she would say, come on, no, let's get away. You need, so I got my other friend to watch her and um, run her everywhere. <laughs> you take it for a while. Tag team. But my friend, she would, and God surrounded me with those people. That's one thing I said, God, if I go to Ireland, I'm going for you because you're calling me, so you're going to have to put people in my life. And trust was, was huge for me. I didn't trust anyone. I struggle with trusting people, and that's because of things that have happened to me, and it takes a long time. Even now, you know, it takes a while for me to be able to I, I really, I'm like, God, what do you think? <laughs> Thank God I trust God, but it took me a while to even trust God to be able to even motivate myself to be able to go. And so you have to learn to trust God. And um, I would go and I would say, oh, by day two, I was like, oh, yeah, you finally get unwind, you know, unwinding. And then day three, we would always go for at least three days. By day three, I was like, oh, if we just had one more day. I was done being guilty. I was enjoying life. But then I got on the phone with Kayla, and she'd be like, Mom, when are you coming home? <laughs> Never. <laughs> Joking. <laughs> don't feel guilty. Don't, take, don't feel guilty today taking time for you. Don't feel guilty when you want to splurge a little bit. I think last, a couple weeks ago, uh, Kayla was away at the dorms, and I was all by myself, and um, I was like, I'm going to treat myself. And I went, and I got pedicure or manicure, and she said, oh, do you want uh, your eyes too? And I was like, yes, please. I got my eyes done, my hands, my feet, everything. And then the bill came. I was like, <laughs> give it to her. I'm only joking. And Kayla was like, but you didn't even take me. No, I did this for me. I just needed a time out. I needed a break. And I don't even feel guilty for it because I learned not to feel guilty. Learn to not feel guilty to take time for you because if you don't 
if you don't take time with God for you, if you don't take time for you to rest, if you don't take time for you to get your head together, if you don't take time for you to date or to get out there or go do something socially, if you don't take time for you, how can you give to them? How can you give to anyone? How could you give to a spouse or how could you give to a partner? If you can't fix you, if you can't take time for you, take time for healing for you. A lot of times we're hurt, we're battered. I know for me, when I went to Ireland, I went over as a missionary and I thought I had it all together because at the hospital they gave me a check every two weeks and I said, oh, I've got it together. And then I went as a missionary and I said, I don't have it together. Um, God was like, no, you don't. You're a shattered mess. I, re I realized emotionally I was a mess. There's a lot of things that needed to be taken care of, a lot of healing. So take time for you. Take time to allow God to heal. Support, not force. A lot of times we take our situations, and my daughter is a ballerina. I don't know anything about dance, not a thing. I played basketball and soccer, and there was a time where I would say, don't you want to play basketball? Don't you want to play basketball? And, and then I said, no, don't play basketball. Just stick with dance. Support their vision. Support their dreams. Support them. But support yours as well. Don't force it. Support it. Don't try to put your dreams into their reality. It's so important. God's called all of us to do our own thing, our own individual. He's given us all our own talents. And I've already mentioned it. Take time out. It's so important that you take time out. Because if you don't take time out, then you're not getting the time that you need. Every October, I'm part of 24-7 prayer and um, the movement through Pete Craig. And every October, they would pick a different place in Europe to go and I would add a couple of days to it because that would be my holiday away. And, um, and every October, and Kayla would say, can't I go? No, no kids allowed. And this October, I said, oh, Kayla, I'm going to Vienna for 24-7. Do you want to go with me this October? She was like, oh, I'm allowed now. And I was like, well, because I know you'll meet people and move on because <laughs> they're all her age anyway. So she's at the age, but it's okay to take her now. But before that was my time, I looked forward to that October trip because that was my time to go see something new, to go visit a new place, and me tell her, oh, you'd love this place. <laughs> but uh, you didn't get to go. Um, but it was enjoyable because I did get to go because it was time with me and my friends and just some downtime. And take that. And it's important. Even God did that. Even Jesus did that. He took time for himself. Um, and so it's very important. Remember that with God, all things are possible. With you, it's not. And you can get where you're at only through the grace of God. So I want to encourage you today. I hope that something I said has helped. And um, know that you're not alone. And if you ever need anything, if you need coaching, if you need um, some encouragement, please, I have some stuff and in, some information in the back. And... Um, Feel free to, to contact me at any time, okay? Let me just say a prayer over here, if that's okay. Heavenly Father, we love you, we thank you, and we praise you. And we, Lord, we, we thank you that there's been a few chuckles and some laughs here, God. But all in all, we know that um, 
that God, it's a serious time where, God, we need you. We, we need your advice. We need your direction. We need your strength. God, as we're raising our kids, God, we're, sometimes we feel lonely. We feel um, like it's just not possible. And God, we, I just pray that in each and every one of our lives that you would just pour into us. I pray blessings over each and every person that's here. I pray strength. And I pray wisdom, Father, as they direct and guide their children, as they guide and direct their own lives. And I just pray that you would surround them with the right people. Put the right people in their lives and get rid of the wrong people. I pray, God, that you would just um, just bless them abundantly more than anything that they could ever ask for. In your name we pray. Amen.